0: In 2011, I told some jokes about our current president at the White House Correspondence Dinner, jokes about how he was unqualified to be president, and some have said that night convinced him to run. So if that's true, I just want to say, Oprah, you will never be president.
1: You do not have what it takes. And Hanks, where's Hanks? You will never be vice president. You are too mean and unrelatable. (laughs) Now we just wait and see. (laughs) Oprah Hanks.
2: I don't think Tom Hanks is actually going to be involved. I could actually... (laughs) He looked mystified by that bit. I could actually see Oprah running for president, but not Tom Hanks. Um, uh, That was I going to say. Oh, Donald Trump Jr. is unhappy with that. And I think he's got a point. If you had... There is no conservative network. But if there were such a thing, and they were... Basically, endorsing some conservative candidate to be president, people would howl about that.
1: Mm. Yeah, I suppose. I don't care either way, but just yeah, It's all so crazy to me. I don't know. Oh, it's,
2: it's the <laughs> whole thing has gotten so crazy. <laughs> I don't know crazy. how to
1: judge any of it. Mm. Uh, so, uh, also at the Golden Globes uh, last night, later in the show, apparently I missed this, uh, but Catherine Zeta Jones came out. That's with, Mike Douglas's wife. Correct. With her father in law. The legendary Kirk Douglas. Who's still alive, I just found out. 101 years young. No, old. And uh, uh, and, and, and the victim of a stroke 20 years ago, a rather serious stroke. And here's how it went. But he also had Trumbo receive his proper screen credit for his
0: work. Catherine. Yes, sir. You said it all. I worked in this piece, but I don't want to say it because I, I can never follow you. <laughs> so yeah. let's get on with you. Know
2: it goes on like that. There was a joke there?
1: That that Yeah, and that what was like the, the clearest part. Okay. Uh, he can't follow her, I guess, after I had her a, speech. I
2: had a speech prepared, but
1: I don't want to say it because there's no way I could follow you. Yeah, it's nice. Okay. Anyway, so he went on like that. Well, Twitter was not uh, reacting, did not react really to an ancient old man who's had a stroke speaking on TV, and nor should we. I mean, he's, uh, you know, he's an old fella. He's had a stroke. His speech is not very clear. It's fine. We can deal it's with it. It's beyond that. not very clear. Well, okay. We're, we're adults, but they did react to the fact that it is an open secret in Hollywood that he brutally raped Natalie Wood really? back in the day. Never heard of that. Repeatedly, hmm. allegedly, according to various now, back sources. In the day
2: with so many hundred and one, you could be talking about the thirties. Right? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, no, yeah, not in this case. No. Um, but there is a, uh, a frequent commenter on a major show business uh, website who is believed to be uh, Bob Downey Jr. and or others uh, who posted a three-part, incredibly detailed, brutal, tough-to-take account of that rape. Natalie Wood long since dead. Right, right. She has passed. Um, and they thought it was very, very odd indeed that Hollywood was paying tribute to a man who may well have have raped a gal. But I don't know whether the story is true.
2: Well, I don't know how common it is either. I'd have to take, you know, I have to take whoever just said that's word for it. Right, that it's an open secret. Maybe it is, or maybe people would say, "What are you talking about?" I've never I heard it.
1: I don't know who in the twentieth century is so into assassinate assassinating the character of Kirk Douglas. That they are printing long, detailed, gruesome, fictional accounts of him sexually assaulting Natalie Wood. I see
2: your point. Um, Um, But that doesn't make it true. It would be pretty odd, though, if you, on the night that everyone wore black, and you're talking about a new era and all of this. That you bring up some guy that everybody in Hollywood believes is a rapist, well, if that's yeah, the case.
1: That doesn't that may overstate it a little bit, but it's it's out and known and people discussed it really heavily like five years ago hmm. when the story came out. So an interesting moment if you hung with the show that long and nobody did.
2: Uh, the 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 going out there and God dang it, if I have a stroke and I can't talk. I'm not going out on stage and mumbling something in front of a bunch of people. No. I mean, you get to if you want to. I mean, yeah. But, but I don't I just, hate him for doing that. I'm not going to mock him. I just don't understand. I, don't, I, I can't imagine doing it. Somebody says, hey, Jack, you want to come speak at our thing? And I, I would write down, no, I can't talk anymore.
1: Nobody right. would understand me. I'd be happy to write a speech and you can deliver it for me. But no. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, number one, I wouldn't want to be the object of pity. Yeah, But um, I don't know whether it's Bob Hope back in the day
2: or Dick Clark. We got this text. Is Kirk Douglas the singer of your new transition music? <laughs> wow. That's not funny. That's not That's funny. why I read
1: it to point out how
2: unfunny. That, that is
1: <laughs> not funny. All right. All right.
2: That's why I read it to point out how disgusting that was.
1: You know what's really strange here? really troubling is i kind of need transition music but i'm not going no, to no. ask for it that'd be too much no no unless you know it's the old stuff or whatever but no we're not
2: even going to ask for it um stroke where i can't talk is one of my biggest fears since this is how i'd make my living yeah i mean it would it, i'd be done oh yeah it's a, oh, it's a terrible thing it's a terrible thing for
1: for a hundred different reasons so no, i know uh, you
2: tuned in this morning anti-stroke
1: is is the point <laughs> yeah
2: I'll get to my North Korea stuff maybe next segment. It's pretty interesting, I think. Uh, yeah, oh, can't wait to hear it. We could uh, break a
1: little early. I'll tell you this, because I've, I've promised it a couple of times. The wife of Omar Mateen, normally we don't mention the uh, the names, and I apologize it for the stupid, angry coward. Who shot up that nightclub in Orlando, Florida, gay nightclub, killed a bunch of people, innocent Which at the people. the
2: time was, I think, the worst shooting ever. Didn't he kill like 50 49 people? dead. Yeah. Jeez, that's Dozens awful. Dozens
1: of injured terribly whose lives are changed forever, a nightmare of, of, of cowardice and inexcusable violence. Well, the wife's 12-page statement, quietly released by federal authorities in a batch of records, um, Reports that she uh, told agents multiple times she knew his plans, that he was going to attack the Orlando Club when he left their home. She told agents she knew, quote, my fears had come true, and he did what he said he was going to do. I was in denial, could not believe that the father of my child was going to hurt other people. Uh, statement includes that during a two-year span before the attack, he would browse jihad websites almost every day and frequently watch beheading videos. He was angry and frustrated about treatment of Muslims in the Middle East and talked about retaliating against Americans. He said if he did jihad, everybody would know who he is, etc., etc. You may recall the frantic need of the media and people on the left for some reason to deny that that was what was going on at the time. That he was a confused gay man or something, anything, but an angry Muslim. Because you people are xenophiles. You you think it's a mark of your enlightenment that you love everything that is not traditionally American.
2: Now, he's clearly a full-on jihadist then.
1: Yeah, absolutely. He went there to slaughter people in the name of Islam, according to the wife.
2: And they kept that secret for how long? She might
1: be lying. I don't know. Um, until... Well, they didn't keep it secret, really. I mean, there were some who would deny it, but uh, so I thought that was interesting. Her defense is trying to get all these statements thrown out, claiming post-traumatic stress. She didn't realize she could leave, blah, blah, blah. She wasn't under arrest. She didn't get her, her warnings or her Miranda warnings, blah, blah, blah. But anyway. So that's heavy stuff, dark stuff. Let's lighten things up with a little nuclear war coming up.
2: <laughs> well, you do have the president's suite, which we uh, we should touch on.
1: See what you think of that.
2: His tweets while we we're on vacation set a new standard. To me, the one that stands out is the I'm a well balanced genius. I just thought. A very stable genius, thought, unlike very smart. He may be a genius, and I don't think he's crazy. So he's accurate in that. But uh, it's just odd that you would say that. Well, yeah.
1: The best response I heard to that, you know, what's this specific phrase? I'm a very stable genius. Matt Taibbi of Rolling Stone said, Has that phrase ever been used outside of a mental institution? <laughs> oh, oh, man. And I mention that because it's completely unfair. And Matt Taibbi
2: is a hack. <laughs> Welcome to and stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. This
1: is Armstrong and Getty. The Voice of the West.
0: The Armstrong and Getty Show. Lay down a, sweet
2: a Japanese company is
1: planning to put a billboard on the moon. Now, you won't be able to see the billboard
2: from Earth. The company wants to use it for moon surface photo ops and hopes to attract corporations looking to show off their logos with Earth in the background. Now, Not sure if they know this, but you know where else you can get photos with Earth in the background? Earth. It's kind of hard to
1: avoid. But this is a huge milestone. Humanity's first ad in
2: space. Ever since our ancestors first raised their eyes to the firmament, they dreamed of traveling to the stars and declaring to the cosmos, Charmin, enjoy the go.
0: Very good. So Trump was supposed
2: to put out this week his uh, awards. He was going to give uh, uh, like awards for fake news. Oh, yeah. Is that not going to happen? And he he postponed it or called it off. Nobody's exactly sure. No. Oh. But uh, he hasn't done it yet.
1: I was hoping for another awards show.
2: <laughs> <sighs> but anyway, I saw Colbert saying that he, he hopes he gets one, that nothing would make him more proud, et cetera, et cetera. Um gotta admit I'm, I'm kind of tired of coming uh, dreading coming back to the whole the world's on fire. everything's about Trump conversation
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, it's just it, it wears me out. it It really, really wears me out. and of course, this book coming out last week, you know, ignited a whole another round of that and everything. Theresa May, by the way, the Prime Minister of Great Britain, has just said that she believes Trump is mentally stable. She's not concerned about his uh, mental capacity. Hello! Hello! <laughs> Which is the way she talks. Right? So I don't know. That's a nice vote of support
1: from the old, uh, old British gal. There. So, how did we feel last they ate week? beans for breakfast over there. They ate beans for breakfast. Oh, come on now. The magical fruit. (laughs) Hard fart primary. How do we feel? Well, that's, (laughs) jeez. Had to go there. You know, I thought mine was kind of subtle, Michael. Then you just took it over the top. (laughs) That's what I
2: do. My kids, uh, among other things that they got for Christmas, got this little uh, thing that's got, we need one, actually. It's got buttons where you can make various sound effects. Oh, yes. And my uh, oldest was just loving it. Like it's got applause and laughter, and he was using it at appropriate times, and it was pretty dang funny. Yeah, like we were playing Uno, and he'd draw a bad card, and he'd play them. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> or something big oh, a joke, and he'd, he'd hit the applause and yeah. stuff. Is it it's pretty cool. It's a sort of technology for whatever reason we can't get, but uh, ah. uh, he's carrying around this little thing. But it's also got a flatulence noise. Yes. And, uh, and he and his brother would just cry (laughs) laughing whenever he (laughs) pressed that. And I still, I didn't as a kid, I don't as an adult understand why that's funny. Well, that's that's proof that that's not a learned response. True. You did not
1: teach him, you did not condition him. If
2: anything, they've grown up in a household where it's the opposite. Right.
1: That just goes to show what a natural and primal human need it is to laugh at the sound of
2: flatulence. I don't, I don't, I don't understand it. To me, it's no different than laughing at a sneeze or.
1: It's funnier sound. <laughs> Very funny sound. And it's coming out of your bottom. <laughs> Did, are you aware of that?
2: I, w- I wasn't aware of it. Oh, that's where I that's can, coming from. I can sneeze in a room and leave the room. And nobody knows I sneeze. Oh, wait, now. Too much. See, that's Too much. the funny part. I, just, right. I don't get it. I tell
1: you what, man. Judy and I tried a new restaurant uh, on vacation. Oh, it was so good. It's my favorite new restaurant. Absolutely fantastic. But, man, I was putting out more gas than British Petroleum afterward. It was just... <laughs> It was troubling. I what don't he, know what was in there.
2: I think I ate at a restaurant once last year. <laughs> I might see if I do that again this year. Um, so speaking of buttons, how do we feel about the president's tweet about North Korea? On uh, which he said, I have a, I have a nuclear button on my desk. Responding to little, little fathead's declaration that he has a nuclear button on his desk. Trump said, I got one on my desk and it's bigger and blah, blah, blah
0: how
1: That's, do we feel about that uh, i'm sorry i'm sorry you don't want blah 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 you want no you cannot yada yada yada
2: <laughs> nuclear holocaust the, no, nuclear <laughs> holocaust
1: exactly <laughs> uh, when did he what was the date of that i'm trying to find it i'm scrolling through his twitter I'm feeling feed.
2: like it was wednesday
1: um but i don't know north korean leader kim jong-un just stated that the nuclear button is on his desk at all times Will someone from his depleted and food-starved regime please inform him that I, too, have a nuclear button, but it is a much bigger and more powerful one than his, and my button works!
2: Exclamation point?
1: Yes. Were it not the context, which is a nuclear holocaust, that would be childishly hilarious. Hmm. I didn't mind it. I know a lot of people really bothered by it, but... Oh, no, no. It doesn't bother me. It didn't bother me at all. (laughs) God, everybody is so precious. They're so sweet with their, you know, he's going to push us to the brink of... no. Listen, the message was, if you think you're using it, there will be total annihilation. Our deterrent force is so awesome, you'd be a fool to use your force. That's the message we've been sending to other nuclear powers from the beginning. Now, granted, Trump sends it like a nine-year-old boy. But the substance of the message is
2: perfectly appropriate. And so I've been reading this book, The Doomsday Machine, by Daniel Ellsberg, who is quite old at this point. He uh, was famous for being involved in the Pentagon Papers case, which I don't want to get sidetracked on right now. But his main thing was uh, being involved in... Um, nuclear nuclear, nuclear, nuclear readiness mm-hmm. uh for us and and, and and Soviet Union, Cuban Missile Crisis. He is involved in all that stuff through the fifties and sixties and seventies and eighties actually. But he's he's one of the original authors of a lot of the information on on nuclear war, which I didn't know that. And he's got mm-hmm. this new book out that he, he said he felt like he needed to write because um and and I, I was looking for this and there there isn't any that I've come across any obvious uh, hatred of Trump, or this is about Trump, or anything like that. He's just concerned about the current situation with with North Korea and where we are. And a couple of things he points out. One, everybody in the know uh, who's been studying this since the beginning says it's inevitable that there's a giant nuclear throwing bombs back and forth. It's Ugh. inevitable. It's just a matter of when. Just which, I, which I've always thought too. on
1: history and nature of mankind,
2: just human nature got the weapons. They'll be used. There'll mm-hmm. be a retaliation. Yeah. The estimates that they've had and kept secret forever. He, he says, even from the president. He says these numbers have been kept from the president, going back to 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 uh, Kennedy. A third of the Earth's population would be wiped out in an exchange with Russia. Wow. Wow in a matter of months, in a matter of years, likely destroy the planet because of the whole nuclear winter famine thing. Mm -hmm. The air becoming unbreathable, sunlight can't grow plants, just all that very easily could wipe out every living thing on the planet. Not to mention all the radiation. Yeah, not to mention all the radiation and the people that are fried instantly. Right. And that the, um, the, the setup that we had has always been, and the same with Russia, has always been to... All or nothing. And when it's on, it's all going. That's the way. That's the way it's set up by computers. Mm-hmm. When, when when it goes, it all goes. Right. And they'll respond. And it'll all go, and then the planet is destroyed. Right. But I got a couple other things from the book that I want to hit you with. Things that he can't believe are still secret, and he wanted to be out there mm. about who 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 presses the button, um, why we have a nuclear arsenal, all that sort of stuff.
0: It's pretty oh, damn interesting. I what do you got coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, uh, Donald Trump continuing fire and fury defense of his sanity while attacking CNN's Jake Tapper. We've got big investors publicly worried about the iPhone's effects on children and the Oprah for President campaign getting a lot more likely. Stories coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty.
2: I wonder if she's going to let that simmer out there, or is she going to, like, Kid Rock at some point, just say, nah, I'm not going to do that. Mm. Throw water on it. The great Kid Rock. <laughs> Good to hear his name again. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty show. This
1: is Armstrong and Getty. The voice of the West. If
0: you'll recall, I I bought a hat. I bought a Kid Rock hat.
1: I can say
2: trying to get my eating under control. That's my main thrust for the new year. It's a good thrust. Yeah. That really is off the rails there toward the end. Mm-hmm. Sorry <laughs> to hear that. I'm 11 pounds over my BMI. Oh. So that's what I'm going to try to get to. Like your ideal BMI or? The your okay range. Oh, the I not, see. You know, as you know, the BMI is pretty strict. Yeah. <laughs> It's ridiculous, pretty ridiculous yeah. <laughs> actually. Uh, let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Now,
0: well, President Trump's heading south today. He's going to be speaking to the American Farm Bureau Convention in Nashville. Then he's heading to Atlanta to watch Alabama take on Georgia in the college football playoff national championship. God, if you're
2: into the Southern football, which a lot of the country is, that's so huge. You got two teams that aren't very far apart from each other playing in a stadium near where they all play. Oh, it's
0: unbelievable. NAACP is urging people to wear white to the game and to wave white towels when President Trump enters the stadium. The group says white is meant to mock the snowflake label Trump's supporters use to describe their opponents.
1: All right, White towel supremacy, there's, that's what I hear. There's
0: just so
2: many different, like, colors and sayings and hashtags that I just I have trouble
0: keeping up with them all. Yes. Meanwhile, Trump took uh, to Twitter over the weekend defending his fitness for office against a new book, and Fury's you, portrayal of him. You realize you'd be so much better off just letting it lay, right? But no. A book uh, describing him as an undisciplined man-child who doesn't understand the weight of the presidency. So in a tweet on Saturday, Trump said he's, quote, like, real smart and, quote, a very stable genius. Ah. He tweeted more on... It's just the sort of man we need in the White House. He tweeted more on Sunday. I've had to put up with fake news from the first day I announced that I'd be running for president. Now I've got to put up with a fake book written by a totally discredited author.
2: I need to uh, dig up the Woodward and Bernstein stuff. Did you see that? They uh, were on one of your shows a week or so ago. Woodward and Bernstein. They have some uh, heft in the world of... Following oh, politics, has. right? right. And, they, and they say the media is way out of control on this stuff, on running with stories that just don't have that much evidence, continuing narratives that ha- aren't backed up. Third-hand it's it's stuff. just completely yeah. out of control. Yeah. According to Wood, and Bernstein especially, I mean, he's a real lefty. Mm-hmm. And he said they're just not doing their job anymore. They're, they're, they've got a position that they're trying to. Back up on a daily basis, right? Which as opposed I, to just seeking out facts, which I've been
1: characterizing as selling commercials. They're just whipping up the narrative so people tune in. It makes them excited, and fear is a big part of the narrative. And I just I don't think that's healthy for the country. Yeah, there are risks. Yeah, Trump's wacky. Yeah, something bad might happen. But I mean, this this constant state of high fear is it, just it's terrible. It's unethical. It's it's american And it turns out I'd have to be like 173 pounds to be within the normal range? That's not going to (laughs) happen. That is not
0: going to happen. I'm overweight. All right, there you have it. Members of the administration coming to Trump's defense. Senior policy advisor Stephen Miller telling CNN State of the Union: "The reality is the president is a political genius." In his words, "No, he's not. He was uh, talking with." You don't uh, think uh, so? No,
2: boy, uh, I think he is. I think he's the
1: man for the, the right man for the times. I think he struck a note that sounded across America,
2: and uh, I'm not sure it'll last.
0: He was talking with. Uh, you Jake... know,
2: but all right, here's. I'm sorry, Marshall. Yeah, here's. Go ahead. You figure out what the mood is out there and exploit it and become president of the United States in your first try at politics ever? I don't know if that's not political genius. I don't know how you would uh, judge it. I uh, yeah, I think uh, uh, here's uh, how would I characterize this. It's like the guy
1: who wrote the melody for Mary Had a Little Lamb.
2: Okay? Can't wait to see where this is going.
1: <laughs> it's 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 simple. It's unsophisticated. It's not very useful in a lot of different like musical contexts, but it's brilliant. You know what I'm saying? Do ask you... Trump to play something else. Or ask him anything about any policy. In s- uh, great political instincts, though, I will give you that. Great political instincts.
2: Do you think... I, I can't believe I'm about to yeah. say this. Do you think Hitler was a political genius? Yes. But not Trump? Unquestionably. Because hmm. I think it's the same... Th- uh, I, think... I, I can't believe I'm saying this. Mm. I think it's the same thing. Oh, boy. Oh. Ladies and gentlemen, what we have here is... <laughs> far-left talk show host trying to compare <laughs> Donald J. Trump to Adolf Hitler. Uh, I, I would say... Uh, just reading the mood of a country and... Well, yeah, there's
1: that, but I think Trump kind of stumbled into it. And, I mean, he's famously unread, he's not a planner, he didn't design here's what we're going to do and how we're going to do it. He just kind of showed up and made speeches that, that, that people really, really liked.
0: But, you know, who knows? The, 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 the truth will out. you got to wait and see. Senior policy advisor Miller was talking with Jake Tapper on CNN. And he blasted the uh, book, The Fire and the Fury, calling it a grotesque work of fiction and slamming its author, Michael Wolf. Then, after some angry exchanges... Tapper abruptly ended the interview. You're you're not
2: going to give three minutes for the American people to get the real experience of Donald Trump. There's one viewer
0: that you care about right now, and you're being
1: obsequious. You're being a factotum in order to please him, okay? And I think I've wasted wasted
0: enough of my viewer's time. You know who who I care about? What's
2: up?
0: Factotum. (laughs) You're being a factotum. (laughs) kisser. Yeah. Mm. Trump wasting no time tweeting Jake Tapper of Fake News CNN just got destroyed in his interview with Stephen Miller of the Trump administration. Watch the hatred and unfairness of this CNN flunky. (laughs) (laughs) CNN (laughs) flunky. Meanwhile, Oprah Winfrey is actively thinking about a 2020 run for the presidency. That's according to CNN, which talked to a number of Winfrey's close friends after her Golden Globe speech last night. Those sources said her friends have been privately urging her to run for months, but they say she's really not made a decision either way, but many see Winfrey's rallying cry that a new day is on the horizon!
1: As, okay, boy, that is a... straight out of political posters from the centuries.
2: Yeah. Well, it's it's Make America Great Again. It's yes. open change. It's, it's clearly... It's the
1: city on the hill. It's every
2: freaking presidential campaign ever. <laughs> so she actually said she hasn't ruled one way or the other. Uh-uh. She didn't say, oh, of course not. No. Oh, my God. No. I didn't realize she'd responded to this. You know, she's a really interesting person. I find some of the Oprah worship a little over the top, but...
1: She is a very interesting person. She's definitely shown an interest in making the world a better place in kind of a smart way, not a slogany, hashtag way. Um, So I could see the appeal of that being irresistible to her. I'm not sure she wants the job because I hear it's a stressful drag
2: in a populist moment. She's one of the great populists in the history of the world. You're (laughs) going to go negative on Oprah. What, What do you go with? I can't imagine.
1: I can't either. What would you now, go Trump after? Trump would go after her weight oh, yeah. and is she a lesbian? <laughs> yes. and, and and all no, sorts damn. of stuff <laughs> I would never do.
2: Yes. You have to go back to like the early versions yeah. of her talk show when it was much more like Jerry Springer than when it became kind of more conversation and, style. And I Trump guess. is gonna do
0: that. <laughs> no, no.
2: He's, he's, probably he will, not there, yeah. he's gonna waddle out on stage and say something and then claim, No, no, I wasn't pretending to be fat. I was just uh I had a rock in my shoe or something, you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips of the Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. What nickname does he hang on her?
1: Like well, Sloppy know. Steve's new nickname for Bannon. <laughs> Which is perfect. It's beautiful. Um, Crooked Hillary, Lion
2: test I can't imagine how you would go after Oprah.
1: <laughs> Phony Oprah?
2: In what way? I
1: don't know. I don't know. Heart.
2: <laughs> She was sexually abused, grew up dirt poor, right? Black woman with a weight problem? I mean, how do you
0: How do you attack that? Didn't she bring us Dr. Phil though? Yeah. Yes. Oh, we yes. a oh, there we you go. It is. we go. have we the chink in the armor.
2: <laughs> <Boo>. <laughs> oh, Dr. Phil's in trouble too. I got that story. Oh, really? Yeah, no. finally. Finally. He might get his come up I'm
1: sitting here with my lack of ethics and,
2: and any morals and my gazillions of dollars. What does that mean? You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: Armstrong and Getty. The voice of the West. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
2: Hit you with a couple of texts from the text line, which is four one five two nine five KFTC, first text of the year.
1: Oh, yeah, that's exciting. Um, you can email us at Armstrong and at yahoo.com or again, four one five two nine five KFTC to text us.
2: Trump uses Twitter to get the message out. The left uses the Golden Globes and the Oscars. There's some truth to that. Sure. Yeah. Uh, on the Oprah thing. Uh, Wouldn't people be surprised if she ran as a Republican? Do Ah! do we even know what she is? I mean, she was a big Obama supporter, but I think that's because he was black. I don't know. And from Chicago, and they knew each other. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if she's very political, actually. Oh, Jack. For me, it's all about the economy.
1: It's all about business. I don't want a nanny state. I don't want you know giant social policies. I I want less government and and pro business. And I'll bet. She would have some leanings that way. Although there's a danger once you get so rich, it doesn't
2: matter. Loss every day, but it did at least once a week, usually a couple of times a week, which
1: was a lot better than I'd ever been before. Once a week—that's one seventh of your uh,
2: your vow. How about as opposed to zero times per year for the previous thirty years of my life? Growth, <laughs> personal growth. Well done. Um. More Oprah. Are her ex-employees loyal to her? to her? They used to say she was a taskmaster and absolutely crazy sometimes, then she would shower them with gifts to make up for her crazy behavior. God, every successful person gets hit with the they were mean to their employees. Yeah. I, I, to me, that never even registers with me. Isn't but. that crazy,
1: Sean, you stupid idiot?
2: <laughs> um, So listen now. Dr. Oz will be the Surgeon General. That's right. <laughs> She's responsible for Dr. Oz. And
1: Dr. Phil. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the the pair of twack, quacks, if I ever saw them. What did
2: you almost say there? Nothing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we all know. Uh, and speaking of Dr. Phil, so I looked it up. I knew I'd seen something recently. Dr. Phil, the show, got caught um, pre-taping antics, which is not that surprising, including providing an alcohol-addicted guest with a large bottle of vodka and Xanax to make them more <sighs> oh out of my control.
1: God. Vodka and
2: Xanax. Now, an investigative report alleges that the show has been sneakily, indirectly promoting a new addiction treatment venture led by Dr. Phil, um, and claiming he's not involved with it and that sort of thing. Oh, I see. Yeah, rehab centers and plagola, all that sort of stuff, right? Yeah, it's it's something criminal. Yeah. Um, that he is benefiting from it while pushing it on the show, so he could actually be in trouble. I hope he is. They say we are not, but whatever. Yeah. He's such a charlatan. Oh, sure.
1: How about that? You got some problem drinker, you get him drunk and pilled oh, up and, yeah. and trot him out on camera. And lecture him. Yeah.
2: Good stuff. <laughs> Dude, you gave it that was in the green room. I didn't bring it. <laughs> um, And then the woodstein Burns which I think is clearly true, uh, they take the bait and get petty from Trump. And lots of reporting, particularly on te- television comment, Bernstein, again, who's a super lefty, said that they did not adopt a tone of ridicule during Watergate. We are only interested in what are the facts. Yeah. And wish that the media would continue to do that. Well, it's a different industry. Uh,
1: you know, and, and you might pine for those days when, you know, the, the media was unquestionably left, but at least, you know, they're restrained and gentlemanly about it. You might pine for those days, but they're dead and gone. And they're not coming back. It's like, uh, you know, longing for the days of the Dick Van Dyke show. Uh, God uh, speed uh, Jerry Van Dyke passed away over the weekend. Uh, believed by some to be the funnier Van Dyke. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Shout out to Don Geronimo. Anyway, um, uh, so you might long for the days of uh, the chaste Rob and Laura Petrie in separate beds and the rest of it, but it's not coming back. Mm. It's, it's a TV show now based on the news.
2: How much time have I got, Michael? About six months. He <laughs> doesn't awesome. look good to me either. Always good. Good to have that joke back. <laughs> uh, three minutes. Okay, perfect. So uh, Daniel Ellsberg of the Pentagon paper, speaking of Watergate, uh, has written a new book called The Doomsday Machine. He is an expert in uh, in, in, in all things nuclear. That's actually what he's, his expertise was, and he got caught up in the whole Watergate thing, Vietnam War, and became famous for that. But um, he, he briefed, uh, he was involved in the Eisenhower administration, uh, Kennedy, Johnson, and then stayed in touch all the way through. And he's got a couple of things in this new book. And he he he's he's troubled that the world is not more concerned about a nuclear war. He feels like that we've kind of uh, since the Cold War ended, we've kind of uh, dropped our guard, stopped being worried about something that he and a lot of other people believe is inevitable and will destroy the Earth. Okay, and that we're just not concerned enough about mm-hmm. it. Uh, a couple of things, as I mentioned earlier, is it, it would more or less destroy the earth. The way, the, way we've, the way we're set up is so if there's ever an exchange, it all goes. Mm-hmm. He said that's the way it was set up for decades. He has no reason to think it's not set up that way now. It's not like a measured response to a smaller country or whatever. It's just all goes. Right. There's a, there are good reasons for that. Y- yeah. So like
1: in a bar, there's no fist <clears throat> fight. It's either fight for the death, fight to the death, or we all act like gentlemen, one or the other. Uh, In terms of, of nuclear arms
2: a couple of things he wants the public to know that have always been true. It has never been true that the President and the President only has the ability to do, declare nuclear war. He says the whole football thing, the carrying around the briefcase thing, is just a charade. It's just theatrics. Really? To make people feel a certain way, starting with Eisenhower and all the way through. People are delegated way down the line to, on their own judgment, fire nuclear weapons if they need to. What? Military people around the world that can do that. What now? And it's always been that way. Oh, come on
1: now. This is craziness. I know. I I've, don't know any different, but... He also said, said that... What I've been led to leave my entire life.
2: We always talk about our second strike, you know, our retaliatory uh, uh, abilities. Yes. But it's all designed on first strike. Always mm. has been, always will be. Everything is set up for first strike in, in a variety of situations where we would go in and take... Everything is set up to respond to their response. But we're a first strike nation. When, when when presidents, politicians talk about we would never do that or should never do that or act like it's a question, it's always been the policy. First strike in, in whatever situation. And the um, other point he wanted to make is that nuclear weapons have always been on the table for any conflict. And no president has ever taken them off the table, mm, despite okay. what various people say in campaigns.
1: Mm. I'd like to discuss this more. It's, yeah. Yeah, during the award-winning fourth hour, which is available on Netflix. What what, 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 award or not? I don't know.
2: Or Hulu. Yeah. What award did we get for uh, the fourth hour?
1: Let's see. uh, The uh, the uh, I wish I had time to describe it to you. But it was uh, auspicious. It's a real honor, and we thank everybody (laughs) who played a part.
2: You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.